to Virtual Citizens, a pop culture podcast from a pop culture generation where we look at a topic and, you know, go through it with lots of interesting conversation, examples, banter, and then we try to put a definitive statement on them because, you know, why not have a little bit of hubris? We're a podcast after all. I'm your host, Leandro Pondog. Joining me on this table is our original Doritos Flavor cast, the people who are here day in and day out, mainly because they live in this place, so they have to be here day in and day out. I'm sorry. We have our regular contributors. Alasu Danahy. Kimmy Chun. I'm Jones. What are you doing there, I Emmett? Mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> is that some I just be glad I... we're all alive and kicking. Yeah, exactly. You know, and just we're here. We're still talking to you all. We're here to provide you with, I don't know, Entertainment, witty banter, witty banter, content. That's what we do. Speaking of which, um, you probably noticed, dear listener, that it is a special time of the year. You know, in fact, you might hear, you know, a bit of sleigh bells, the jingle bells, the vacuum or... between Halloween and New Year's. <laughs> oh yes, yes, it is Advent season, so there we go. We should celebrate, you know, lighting candles, wreaths. Is that what you do in Advent? Killing rain. Depends where in the world you are, Leandro. Okay, fair what enough. What you do at Christmas? All right. <laughs> okay. So yes. Yeah, so it is. It is the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la, and all that. So. You're really selling Christmas here. <laughs> what? I don't need to sell Christmas. You where know. Can I buy Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is, sells itself. Is like, Christmas something to do with Black Friday? Because that's what I base all of my holidays around now these days. No, that's a, that's what them Americans do over across the pond. You know where they you know they eat a lot of turkey and then you know get mad at football. Native Americans, yeah, and that too as well. You <laughs> yeah. know, what they did there? No, no, we're here for something more wholesome. You know, Christmas and whatnot. <laughs> and so, of course, we have to do something related to the holidays. Bah, I guess. Humbug. Yeah, Cele- celebrating the baby Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, holidays are coming. Holidays are coming, and that's a that's a very familiar phrase, I guess, to most people. You know, and that's why this episode is going to be all about you know that great big figure of the holidays that's right we're doing an episode on coca-cola yeah i see yeah you're, i can get that from eyebrows alone yeah <laughs> anyway no we're not doing that although i guess coca-cola is responsible for kinda the well see, see, for the red I, santa please okay well there we go we're doing an episode of course on, on blue santa <laughs> on blue santa original doritos <laughs> yeah exactly you know you know how you had to buy a red santa and a blue santa and then you had to make you trade to get all the presents mm. yeah if you c- click them together correctly to make a bigger zord yeah exactly you know that's how it works santa claus anyway yes that big man with the beard gives presents can i just ask this table did you did you all believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> I, I told. What what do you mean? Just no, like what do you mean? Present tense. Like no, did yeah, you know, as in when you were when you were children. We, I still believe in Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, Santa Claus oh. is very important. There's something true. Um, oh. <laughs> 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 no, I I uh, I can't remember what age birthday it was, but um, I told somebody at their birthday it was years younger than me that Santa wasn't real <laughs> when I was younger and. Uh, it was just like my reputation was like you ruined Santa. <laughs> the Santa ruiner <laughs> the Santa. over there. Yeah, what the about an- you, kid? The anti-claws. 
Yeah, I did believe in Santa when I was small. Um, <laughs> I used to set, like, it was very, I mean, this is what happens when your holiday movies are, like, involve Santa and you also watch Home Alone you set up traps for Santa <laughs> so, wait, wait wait why like, would you want to set traps for Santa what do you want yeah I don't think uh... this like more than like I think I just wanted the satisfaction of ah, busting Santa okay like and I guess yeah like it does relate also to my film <laughs> which we'll get to catching that catching Santa I remember I remember getting yeah. given out to in school for just being like I heard a reindeer's hoof on my roof last night and they were just like no you did not Alistair <laughs> and that was the end of that yeah so, so if, you, if you caught Santa is that like having like the goose that laid the golden eggs yeah pretty much I mean then he'd have to you keep him hostage and he gives you presents forever or has the elves make you presents forever also a and how does that not automatically land you on the naughty list I found out the elves don't well, make the toys like <gasps> the elves do make your toys yeah. the yetis do <laughs> that's the what my, my movie had a lot to teach but um, uh, no like I mean what's he got like if you have him in captivity you have control so it doesn't matter if you're on the naughty list; you still get what you want anyway. Even if it's reams of coal out of, from him being so stressed at his capture. Like you, you say like he's stressed and he like sweats, sweats out the coal. coal. Like, yeah. yeah, is that where that comes from? Fine pace, like hippo sweat. All right, let's not get into the biology of Santa Claus. So we might do that in one of these films. Anyway, uh, so we all, we looked at the swath of films. Although I noticed when I was toting up uh, the films that we were looked at. Uh, three of three of the four films we looked at all came from the same decade. Really? Y- yes. Really? Yes. Yes. They all came from the same decade. Mm-hmm. And the one I did, uh, as I say right now, yeah, the one I did, it was well, it's from 1947. So it's a bit of a ways away. Mm. So I think what we're gonna do with Santa Claus, because uh, we all know Santa Claus. If you're listening to this, uh, you know that big ho- jolly guy who gives you presents, and it's not real. He's totally not You're absolutely real. ruining Christmas, man. Not oh, yeah. Just of course, yeah. Tell him what the 40s thought he was. <laughs> oh, well, oh, man. Oh, the 40s. Adorable time. No, I'm just saying oh, they're not real because like, I never believed Santa was real. Really? Yeah. Ah, you might have, though. No, no. My parents were very upfront that they got the, they bought the present credit. credit, credit they don't want some, you know, some husky guy in red taking credit for their hard-earned work. <laughs> that, is, that is damn relatable. That is, yeah. like, I mean, growing up for myself in a hot country as well, like, there's a little bit of the element of Santa lost. Like, you do begin to doubt because you're like, how does he get into the house? We don't have chimneys here. <laughs> um, and you're like, he comes up through the toilet. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> Last year, he bought me an atlas. He wants me to know he's <laughs> The thing is, uh, it, like, the whole thing about your parents explaining to you that there's no Santa just explains so much. Because... <laughs> Like, from a young age, even Santa was spoiled on you. And that's why you've no problem with spoilers now. Yeah, God, no. Also, we did think things Chris, uh, Christmas differently over there anyway. Like, we mm. stayed up till midnight. As and then gave presents. Even, like, and then we opened a presents there. Oh, yeah, one present. No, all of them. Oh, all presents. Yeah, we no, only yeah. get a ration of one Oh, present. that's very time efficient, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get a lion in the morning. I'm pushing that for this year. <laughs> In a, re- well, in a serious way, we got around. We we nailed it. We got around Christmas by um, buying dual Christmas birthday presents. Ooh. I just meant I just. Well, no, not not when I was a kid. No, this is this year. Mm. Oh, uh, we just opened our Christmas presents. Yeah, why not? Yeah, the, the magic is spoiled. We're all adults now. Yep. Yeah, there's no more magic. Anyway, let's mm-hmm. get back to the magic of Christmas. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think what's I kind of I kind of want to start with where we are now because like. <laughs> 
like the other three films, they're kind of like subversions or different takes on classic Santa.、Mm. And I'd like, I kind of want to start on where we are on, on the subversions because、uh, just so you know, first we go to the deconstructions and then we end with the reconstruction of, you know, of what people, of what Santa was or、mm. what was. Because he's, I guess, outside of Coca Cola ads, he's not really Santa Claus anymore. He pops up in. Popular media, I guess. It's always like a bit of a nod, a bit of a, you know, an、uh, yeah. uh, ironic joke. Unless or... they make him 900 years old. Ooh. Which they do sometimes.、Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah. I mean, one of them. Don't we have an archaeology themed Santa as well <laughs> <laughs> coming up?、Do、This episode's going to be action packed, folks. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're not surprised. You'd be, you'd be surprised at the gamut of genres that we're going to straddle.、Uh, let's start with the most recent. Iteration of Santa on this table that we looked at.、Uh, Emmett, tell us about、uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Russell is Santa Claus, which in itself is enough for most people to go, you know, I'll stick this on. It's on Netflix, <laughs> directed by Clay Cases, who people would know from the Angry Birds movie. Oh、um, my. Before、God. the Angry Birds movie,、uh, he hadn't directed anything.、Uh, he'd only been an animator, an animation su- supervisor in. in Disney animation for about 19 years. But then left Disney in 2013 and since been trying to go off and make films that he wants to tell rather than the things that Mouschwitz are trying to portray.、Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, was released this year.、Uh, stars Kurt Russell and then a bunch of kind of、um, unknown actors, really.、Uh, nobody of any. Right. Well, huge no, well name one and then we'll see if we know them. Oliver Hudson. Kimberly Williams Paisley.、Uh, Judah Lewis. Yeah, exactly. Okay.、Um, Judah? Yeah. Hmm. J U D A H. That's a suspicious name at, Unless at, it's around、Judah. this time. <laughs> I can't decide whether to call Kurt Russell Santa Chris Pliskin <laughs> or Snake Pliskel. Mm. Plingle. We'll go with Chris Pliskin. Chris Pliskin. Chris Pliskin. That's his name. There、yeah. we go. All right. So tell us about、yeah. the Christmas Chronicles. Right. So it's kind of it's centered around、uh, Kate and、uh, her brother Teddy, right? And the film starts with all these home videos because、uh, their father was bought a little ham.、Uh, Handheld recorder in 2002, 2003, and then all the different Christmases when the handheld recorder would kind of come out and kind of depicting them as they grew up in life, etc. etc. Cut to the present day, and their father, who's a firefighter, died in a fire in 2018. So, this is going to be the first Christmas that they didn't have their father. Mother's still alive,、Aww. and kind of the sadness and the grief and all that overhanging. Stuff to I don't know develop plot. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to see where the plot develops the furthest, watch Gremlins. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, well, oh god! I'll watch Gremlins for like the this kind of the sickest Christmas anecdote. Yeah, yeah. It's a、oh, god. Speaking of dads dying, what? Speaking of dads, <laughs> Jesus.、Uh, so anyway, right.、Uh, So it's 2018, and the older brother Teddy is constantly, he's kind of getting into trouble. He's robbing cars, falling with the wrong crowd, all that kind of the typical tropes. While his sister is like, No, you can be better. Like, dad wouldn't like this. And the mother is kind of pulling out her hair, not knowing what、mm-hmm. to do anymore. It's coming to Christmas, and he wants nothing to do with it. He just wants to be done. And she finds the old tape recorder. 
that the dad used to pull out every year. And she's going back through all the film and she sees a hand drop a present under the tree. Mm-hmm. And like a little kind of a red... Um, uh, sleeve. sleeve. <laughs> That's the word. Red sleeve. And kind of like very obviously Santa and shows it to the brother and he's like, ah, oh, no, that's, you're full of crap. That's a load of nonsense. Of course, yeah. Um, and then uh, because she has proof with the same camera recorder that uh, he stole a car, she said to him, look, if I give you the tape that I have you sealed in the car, uh, will you help me try and catch Santa? And like, mm-hmm. so they set up all the stuff and ready to catch Santa, etc., etc., and then they fall asleep as you do. Mm-hmm. And Santa arrives, but sets off the bells and all the rest of it. So they know he's in the house. They go outside, and then through a series of unfortunate events, uh, they end up on the sleigh with Santa and end up crashing the sleigh. Oh. And then spend the rest of the night trying to get uh, Santa back on track. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, okay, so see now that now you see the problem of your plan came to yeah. capture Santa for mm-hmm. yourself. You would have ruined Christmas for yeah, everybody. Yeah, you fuck everybody. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I am the Grinch. Like this is, that's, it's typical. Infiltrated. Like that's what the Grinch did essentially. Like just ruined Christmas for everybody. Kept all wanted to keep all presents yeah. for himself. Yeah, you're a mean one. I'm. The, your heart is full of unwashed socks, Mrs. That's, that's June. <laughs> It's okay to want to game Christmas for more presents. True, I guess. I mean, who, who, who wouldn't have done that? I mean, honestly. Sometimes you talk your way to more presents. Sometimes you gotta just buy more presents for yourself. Or sometimes you just cap- capture Santa. Although I would say, these kids had a more altruistic reason to capture Santa than you did. Mm-hmm. But, uh... So how did they... So, okay, so... So the rest of the film is basically just them trying to get Santa back trying on track. Trying to get Santa back on track. Santa, as I said, it's kind of the big thing is that he's played by Kurt Russell and he's just being Kurt Russell oh, for, for two hours. So and he's lived on a prison island. Yeah, and it's kind of brilliant. And <laughs> like he does all, they get and they rob a car and they do a high speed chase. And every person that Santa interacts with, he knows what they wanted for Christmas every year and their name and all the rest of it. And they're like, what, what, how do you do this? How are you some sort of Darren brown illusionist what's going on Mm -hmm. Um, etc etc and um, eventually there's one scene in it right where Santa ends up in prison right Uh and he's sitting around with all these people who've been brought in for Christmas Eve drunk tank (laughs) and all the rest of it right and he starts going around and say oh little Cindy and Wolfie and all the rest of it right and he goes and then uh, he turns around to Wolfie who's played by Stephen Van Zandt who people should know from The Sopranos Mm -hmm. Um, and he goes so do you still play the guitar and he goes no I had to sell it because you know other habits kicked in Right, that's the quote, and I kind of I had a little giggle, and then uh, he pulls with a little giggle. Kurt Russell pulls out a guitar and hands it to him, and then pulls out all these other instruments and gave it to all these other people that are in the cell with him, and all of a sudden he's doing this four-minute blues number about Santa Claus coming back to town, and Mm -hmm. it's hilarious and it's odd and it's and all the police officers kind of. Police, uh, police officers, police officers all come in and they're having a look and they're like, oh yeah, he's really rocking. Mm. I'd say it was really cool. It was really cool. <laughs> uh, well, what's uh, can you tell if Kurt Russell can play the instrument or not? Or? Uh, Kurt Russell was playing the piano. Oh, really? He did play the piano. He was like the notes were correct, the hands, all the rest of it. It was, but uh, so that's what Kurt's doing at the same time. <laughs> uh, Kate, the little girl, has crawled. <laughs> 
I can't believe I'm saying this, crawled into Santa's sack and <laughs> crawled through it to get to the North Pole through teleport magic Wait, anyway, so, so that's how he... In this... Yeah, okay. in this iteration, that's how... The compasses point at his sack? Yes. What? Well, now we know. Oh, huh. okay. Genuine, there's this little green ball that glows brighter when it's closer to the sack. Oh, all needles point to Kurt Russell Uh, but yeah you have to crawl into the sack which will bring you in direct teleportation to Santa's um, lair house place Mm -hmm. in Lapland or wherever it is and all of the elves as opposed to kind of the the sexy Lord of the Rings elves that we're kind of expecting um, it's all these little chipmunk kind of dudes that speak like a, Mm. a Swedish Norwegian kind of Mork Mork P- Pig Latin kind of Hurdy Gurdy thing <laughs> that kind of thing yeah, yeah. Uh, Swedish I apologise to all our Swedish listeners <laughs> uh, sorry guys <laughs> we've no we've no offence to you know he's called uh, in Sweden apparently he's called Norwegian chef <laughs> and they think the same of each other it's quite funny I thought you were talking about Santa Claus so like why are you called- no. oh okay. no no, no right. so, okay. it's chef, even but- better if Santa Claus is called Swedish chef you know? Norwegian chef Norwegian chef. When he's called Norwegian chef, they don't change the voice. So what is so what did what did the el so the elves are chipmunks? They're little kind of chipmunk things, but they've all got like uh, little tools and they're able to put things together and take them apart and all. They're kind of cute and annoying, and they do the floss and mm-hmm. they dab and all sorts of what cool twenty eighteen. So this so this film is. Hip. Oh, it's very, it's very hip. Oh, no, sorry, that's not what the kids use these days. Oh, this film is very fleek. Lit. Lit. Yeah, it's very it's lit enough. Maybe 2018 will last another full year. Oh, please. Let's, let's not ask for that. It's very lit. It's grand. They save Christmas. All the rest of it. Like, it's, you sound like such a cynical adult. I am. Yes, grand. They save Christmas. I, I am a cynical adult. and But that's just because at the end of the movie, when I kind of, when I closed it, I was like, this is good. It's not for me, right? Mm. It's mm. it's very much aimed for a younger audience, um, and there are only the odd kind of reference and stuff that we'd get that the kids wouldn't necessarily mm. get. They they wouldn't yeah. appreciate having Kurt Russell yeah. or Santa like we would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and oh, the other kind of big uh, thing I wanted to mention is that they're constantly taking the piss of the Coca Cola Santa without mentioning Coca Cola because obviously they didn't get the promotional deal to make fun of them. So there's a Santa Cola with a huge Santa, and Kurt Russell is regularly like, "Why do they always make me so fat? Do I look fat? Oh. See my bum? Do I really look that fat? All the rest of it." Get it? We're commenting yeah. on pop culture over the past fifty decade, fifty years, fifty mm. years. But um, <laughs> it's it's very it's very good, and it's not like the film is grand, very enjoyable Christmas season, full of magic, all the rest of it. So it is uh, it is that that proper like Christmas movie. It's very Disney Channel original film. I yeah. like when you mentioned the plot to me, mm. it immediately sounded familiar, and it sounded like a cross up between Escape the Santa Claus and Get Santa. Oh my god! Wait, okay. Get Santa. The premise is a father and son who team up to save Christmas once they discover Santa Claus sleeping in their garage after cl- crashing his sleigh and finding himself on the run for the police. Of course, like yeah. Well, he's not on the run from the police. He ends up in the hands of the police. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, is there a merit to this film if it wasn't Kurt Russell? 
you'd need a similar kind of charismatic. You'd need Jeff Bridges to do it. Really. Ooh! Or has he ever need, done Santa? I don't know. He's but seen, um, seen you'd need Bridges. you'd need someone of that ilk, like yeah. even John Goodman, someone that's kind of could really Ooh. carry the role. Um, because without Kurt Russell in it, it's just a bunch of actors making a nice Santa movie, mm. and that's it. So you can't. So it, it so it doesn't feel like in this day and age people can't just make up straight up Christmas movie without you know having to comment on the nature of, of Christmas, I, Santa and Christmas I, and what. I think that most Santa movies kind of fall into the trope of being a Santa origin movie, and we all know that he was bitten by a radioactive spider and. <laughs> That's I thought you were going to say he was a bit of my radioactive present. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's just it's, it, it's Christmas. It's one of those seasons that kind of forgive all of tropes because, like, yeah, because Christmas is tropes. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Christmas tropes that we just you know buy into it, mm-hmm. like you know the presents, the tinsel, the the. Mm-hmm. the Carols and whatnot. Why don't we anthropomorphize those uh, raisins in the cake? Do we? No. Okay. <laughs> Nobody has yet. But yeah, that's no, as no, Christmas as anything to me. Okay. Well, the, that's the, your Christmas. My my last thing on the movie is that there's a very nice cameo by Goldie Hawn at the end, okay. who is Kurt Russell's real life wife. All right. As and she plays Mrs. Claus, and that's very nice and cute. And then that ends the movie. All yeah. right. Yeah. So so Christmas Chronicles just straight up. Just straight up classics, just 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Christmas <laughs> flick. Okay, so um, uh, how many reindeers would you give it? I'd give it a solid uh, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, and a Comet. So five of, out of eight. Oh. I know okay. Red Rudolph, it doesn't deserve it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, okay, well, we'll debate that later. <laughs> anyway, we go from traditional Christmas movies to Emmett's favorite genre of all time. Uh, well,. You know, horror. That's your mm. favorite, right? That is my favorite. That uh, actually, uh, I will probably say this at another stage as well. But we started haunting uh, the haunting of House Hill, and I lasted all of four minutes before <laughs> going. No, the door's open. The ghost is coming out. I'm done with this. <laughs> Two tets. Anyway, not not a horror fan. Right, but uh, well, uh, speaking of horror fans. Yeah, like of course, when you're given kind of the cheery, warm Christmas season and me um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gonna end up with a, a like when the yeah the the requisite for this episode was uh do a movie that is centered around santa or in, in, at least santa ha- it makes an appearance in it and <laughs> yeah so i went with um and also uh, a usual kimmy choice went with the foreign uh, language film option also uh, I tend to go with those, um, and I did a uh, film called Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, um, and it's a Finnish film that came out in 2010. Um, it's uh, not a, a family-friendly Christmas film. Um, <laughs> I saw I saw all of five minutes of it. In fact, right. yeah, it's a uh, it it. Uh, what was it? It couldn't. It was rated R because contains some nudity and mm-hmm. uh, violence, uh, but it, it's really the nudity that stands out in this one. Um, <laughs> so much n- old man arse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so more, more basically than, more than just booty too. Yeah. So basically, um, and 
this film surprisingly like and it's it's kind of like it's a it's satirical um like finnish horror uh, christmas film um but basically it, it's set in kind of out in the wastelands of finland like like nowhere near any uh, um um any proper civilization mm-hmm. um and uh so it's a, i'll just read the the kind of summary here because i think it's the best way to get through it to be honest mm-hmm. so um yeah on the eve of uh, christmas in northern finland an archaeological dig has just unearthed the real santa claus but this particular santa isn't the one you want coming to town when the children, uh, local children begin uh, mysteriously disappearing, young Piet- uh, Pietari and his father Rauno, uh, deer, a reindeer hunter by trade, capture the mythological being and attempt to sell Santa to the misguided leader of the multinational corporation sponsoring the dig. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I heard that, and I just kept hearing this like uh, announcer in TV going, "This ain't your mama, Santa Claus. He's he's a monster." <laughs> Yeah. He's actually it's actually pretty well done like I mean the actual creepy Santa and I put that in inverted commas because when you watch the film you kind of understand a bit more um that they're trying to sell um like he really like he's apart from the kind of the long white beard does not look anything like Santa he is like he's an old skinny dude um, like and that's like you don't really come across many skinny mm. sanders, um, but and he's naked, like. <laughs> oh, all thing. right, thanks for telling um, us that. Looking a bit yellow. Uh, yeah, and then he's kind of got like, um, like you know when, when your the headlights on your car, um, like, encounter a cow or something, and they've got that kind of they got the gleam. Mm-hmm. It's he's got that in his eyes as well. Jesus so, Christ. Um, so this is more like this is more like basically okay here's the myth or the folklore figure that Santa is kind of based around it's it's, it's a kind of a Krampus-y kind of it's not like it they never actually mention Krampus at all Mm. Uh, the only Krampus-y thing about it is that Santa is depicted with horns in all the like Pietari the young boy Mm. um, basically I mean archaeological dig and basically they announced we've found something and the guy who's heading and everything like that they're supposed to be americans but he's got the weirdest accent ever, ever. it's definitely not american mm-hmm. um and uh and very overacted he does that like that character just is constantly overacted but it's grand you kind of think he's crazy anyway mm-hmm. um but like he announces to the whole archaeological team like i have unearthed my childhood dreams <laughs> um, we are all on top of the largest tomb mm-hmm. ever you know. What way you can't? So just, um, okay, right, basically, fine. Pietari, the young boy, you know, kind of sees this, and he goes, "It's like," and he's with his friend. Um, I think Juno is his name. I can't really remember, but um, Juso, sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, there he said. The friend says to him, "Oh my God, there's someone buried down there," and he goes, "It's Santa." I was like, which really wouldn't be my first guess, but... Yeah, um, largest tomb ever. Equals Santa Claus, apparently. Yeah, but it may... Like, here's what happened. Um, So, Pietari does all this research 
in all these like old books um, and stuff like that that depict the real Santa Claus, which is basically Santa wasn't so much giving presents to children as like he was watching the naughty and nice list and punishing the naughty children, uh, especially when they were not disciplined by their parents. It was like stepping in for like if the par- if the, your parents do not give you 15 lashings for, you know, uh, leaving the house when you were not supposed to, right. Santa will turn up and do it for them. Which one? Um, or take you away, yeah. So, um, so this is a Santa that's graduated from giving you coal and disappointing you on Christmas Day to outright beating beating you up and kidnapping uh, you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's Batman. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, he's the Batman, Batman version of Santa Claus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, taking kind of justice into his own hands. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's kind of the version of Santa, and then uh, it was it was explained. That because, like, the old Sami people of the area were so terrified of Santa every time Christmas came round, uh, they tricked <clears throat> Santa one day and he, they got him out onto the ice and he fell um, under the ice and got frozen. Mm. Um, that, and so <laughs> they carved that block of ice mm. out, this massive block of ice, and then they... Uh, they buried it. They buried it so deep under so much kind of muck and uh, rubble and everything like that that it became a mountain. So okay, yeah, all right, um, that's really cool. And that's that's what they uncovered in the archaeological dig. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so basically, and then another thing that kind of happens in the film, uh, aside from the kids uh, start disappearing. Is also the radiators and the hair dryers of the town all start disappearing what? as well. Um, okay. And it's funny, like this is actually they said it's set in the uh, in northern Finland, and there's an occasional like there's like one or two digs that they do about Russia, of course, uh, because they're bordering with Russia. Like uh, when one uh, like one of the guys says like his son goes missing, right, mm-hmm. and uh, a life-size hay uh, doll uh, that's shaped like a child is left in its place mm-hmm. and Pietari notices his friend is missing grabs the doll and goes down to the father like his friend's father and goes Juso's gone he's like Santa took him he left this in his place and the dad just grabs this doll puts it under his arm and says like, no it's grand he's like he's just out playing somewhere okay. and you're like so, life-size hay dolls are normal. Um, Apparently so. Turn up. Cool. Finland. If you're from Finland, please you know, write us in. Yeah. We're really, we're really taking um, the Scandinavians to town in this episode. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We've done Sweden, Norway, and now Finland. Yeah, and oh, uh, another thing that like uh, stands out in this movie from the very beginning, um, they're out in. The middle of nowhere, like I said, mm-hmm. and all the kids have guns. Um, okay. Like they've, they're all slinging okay, around okay. massive shotguns oh around their on on the backs. Okay, I um, guess they live. In, they live in like that frontier. Like yeah, they do. Place. Also, there are zero women in this entire film. What? Like so, I don't know oh, how. <laughs> I don't know how the Finnish reproduce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can only surmise from their Christmas movies that mm, yeah. oh. Santa is the queen bee. And yeah, we all must go to Santa for more Finnish babies. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry to, <laughs> if anyone from Finland or, or or we're Norway. just going off the evidence we have. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. 
So yeah, basically, like these guys, they accidentally uncover um, Santa when he stumbles into a trap that they had set for like wolves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They thought he was dead, um, and then kind of he comes to life and he starts sniffing around for children. Um, and then they get the idea that they're just gonna because all of the archaeological dig and everything like that has ruined that small town's trade because they're all reindeer hunters Mm -hmm. um, by scaring with all the explosions and stuff like that scaring the reindeer away or killing them Um, actually sorry no they all have found they found a bunch of dead reindeer Mm -hmm. Um, and they think they thought it was because um, like all the the explosions or whatever um, uh, might have driven the wolves down and mm-hmm. they all killed the reindeer or they don't know what happened or whether those guys killed the reindeer but there's a ton of dead reindeer and it wasn't a problem before these guys turned up so they're kind of like right so as like kind of compensation we'll sell them back their Santa because we st- he stumbled into our territory mm-hmm. um, how does and, that work out for them <laughs> well now here's a bit like if you're going to watch the movie maybe skip until I finish this part and somebody else is talking about their film but basically, when they bring the Santa to that crazy guy that I was talking about earlier and say, we have your Santa here, um, pay us 85000 to be precise, um, which, you know, if, if it's such a big budget blowing up of a mountain to get this one guy, you really should ask for more than 85000 um, But says, says the explosives expert over <laughs> here course. who knows how, may, how much explosives are worth. <laughs> I know about my kidnapping Santa and <laughs> asking for ransom. That's like That's we, I think we All established right. that All from right. the start. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So basically, they he uh, they show him this Santa, and your man is like he goes up and he looks at Santa and he's just like, "You don't have a Santa, you have an elf." Oh. And so as it what, turns whoa, out, whoa, whoa, whoa! That wait. So it turns out this naked old man was an elf and as they discover this naked old guy start appearing all around and they've all got like axes and big tree trunks and stuff like that and they're trying to they're basically they're on a rescue mission for this elf but more importantly they're also guarding in a nearby warehouse where they have stored the actual Santa. Oh! Who is still frozen in ice and is massive. <laughs> like, he's huge. Like, an ice, the size of an iceberg. And that's why they got all these um, radiators and hair dryers. Mm. They stole all of those to try and defrost him. Um, huh. And I, I, earlier I mentioned that there was a few digs at Russia. And one of the things is, after the the that man's son is kidnapped, and he's like, no, he's fine, he's out playing somewhere. It's like, but you know what? My wife's hairdryer has gone missing. And they go, yeah, but who cares? Like, who would ever want your your uh, your your uh, wife's junk piece of, uh, like, your junk hairdryer? And he goes, hey, that's really high technology in Russia. Um, hey. And so I was like, oh, interesting. Um, so this film, so is it really much of, uh, you said it's a satire. Film it's, is, uh, you yeah. remember it's based on a short film of some sort, right? Yeah, there was another. Uh, there was a short film previously in two thousand and five, I think it was, um, called Rare Exports, um, and yeah, so this was kind of a build on of that. But um, 
yeah no it's it's like i mean it's so ridiculous yeah like one thing about like i realized when i was watching this and maybe this is why i like foreign films so much because one thing that doesn't um get in my way of enjoying a foreign film is that sometimes you can't tell how bad the acting is because it's in a foreign language you don't understand so their delivery is like you're you trust that they're doing it perfectly in that language Mm. um this film had like english and uh finnish in it Mm -hmm. and there were some bits and like like it is a satire so maybe they did it on purpose but like when your man comes to do the santa trade basically the american guy um he says um he's like what is this? Uh, where are my Where are my men? And the one guy in the Finnish gang there who says he speaks English steps forward and goes, "Yes, we are men." And huh. I'm like, See, I've only, yeah, I've only seen that happen like you know Japanese media where they would just randomly you know, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, that sort of um, thing. Well, like okay, I guess that's just regular thing that happens. Um, so yeah, in terms how in terms of. Christmas feeling. I guess this is just less of a Christmas film, more like let's do a, let's do a kind of let's do our piss take on Santa. That's kind of horror story yeah. theme stuff like Santa's sleigh or Krampus. Yeah, yeah. It, it's its own subgenre of like. It is, yeah. and I think like the most Christmassy uh, bringing together part of this was the ending, which also once again like it's a satire. So what happens in the end is like the young boy Pietari like takes charge of the whole thing Um, and he bosses all the adults around and he says like right here's the plan you know so I guess that's the whole the usual Christmas kids take charge kind Mm. of thing and save the day Um, yeah but (laughs) the operation he takes basically they yeah they uh, hit they blow up the warehouse with dynamite Mm. and so Santa's gone and all these uh, naked old man elves which they're like a thousand of them um, <laughs> are, you know, kind of like, what do we do now? And your the young fella Pietari says, we heard them like reindeer. <laughs> and so all these naked uh, old guys, they lead them up the hill, mm-hmm. lured by the scent of children. Oh, um, and they're kind of put in the reindeer pens. And then it's like, what do we do with them now? And... Like, they all come to this, like, unanimous conclusion that, of course, we sell them. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're doing the calculations and everything. And it's like, I think it comes up to 612... A million or something like Jesus. that for like for they, selling naked old men for like the total of all of them if you I think sell it was them 16 each, million or maybe it was yeah, yeah. but basically uh, so that was that was the figure that they came to and said oh my god and then said and then your man chimes in and 22% vat oh and my god. <laughs> it's like, because you charge 22% vat on humans oh uh, my and god. Uh, but basically what they do with them then is they start up they're like, you can't just sell them as they are, as naked old dudes. Of course. Uh, you have children. to brand them. <laughs> of course. Um, and so they start like a Santa rehab center. And they brainwash all of these naked old men, elves, <laughs> to be perfect Santas. Oh my God. And then they export them as rare exports. Uh, so and the moral of the story is 
the true winner of Christmas will always be capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what it is. So that's 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 what it is, and <laughs> slavery. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That's uh, that puts the Christmas cheer in your spirit. It, Thanks, Kim. Surprisingly, <laughs> it got a really like on um, Rotten Tomatoes. It's got eighty nine percent. Based on how uh, many views? Uh, based rev- on reviews, counted one hundred and three. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. And audience score is seventy one percent. User ratings, uh, thirteen thousand. Oh, jeez, a lot of sour pulses out there, huh? Like I think, like it, I think. Were it not for the ending, uh, like the the whole the rush to the end, um, the the boy actually taking control and being such a pain in the ass, I otherwise really would have really liked this movie. Um, a lot of explosions. Yeah, and like your how creepy your man the elf looks mm. um, when they all think he's Santa and that he's just sniffing around for children all the time and he bites off a guy's ear and everything like that is like that's up my alley. Um, so, <laughs> but then the sudden like, oh, okay, we need to like, you know, we need to make to hit a very like satirical point, and oh, I forgot we oh we named this film after this thing. We need to justify that. Like, it's- I didn't mind the the brainwashing of people and then slavery. I, didn't <laughs> mind at all. Uh, I think things it- that can be taken out of context. My- <laughs> I don't like, mind this- the brainwashing and enslavement of you. Nobody, beings. nobody, ma- nobody extract that clip for your. <laughs> Um, but um, no it was uh, I think my problem with it was the boy just suddenly taking charge and being the Mm. hero like just without question and out of nowhere and he was just an annoying little shit so um, (laughs) so how many how many reindeer 1,000 naked man reindeer Um, 1,000 naked man reindeer but only naked man reindeer, not normal reindeer. Right. Naked man. Oh, How many not. is that in reindeer? I, I don't know. Say. So I would... Let's not try and convert this. Well, we have an equivalent. We have the vat. To work with. We have... I'll give uh, it five. I'll give it five reindeer. Yeah. Normal and reindeer. do you get a special red Rudolph or is it just five reindeer? Um, Like, what does the special red Rudolph entail? You'd, You'd recommend it to a friend. Depends on the friend. I'd say, can I... Um, I'll give half a red Rudolph reindeer because chopping a reindeer in half seems oh, like it would be in tune with this film. Jesus a bisection Christ. lab model of a reindeer? Yeah. Ah, oh, good. What are we? What are we? Oh. And we are settled. Yeah. Okay. All right. Proceed. We're, we're, we're moving on from from the genre of horror to the genre of voice by Alec Baldwin in an animated kids film. Joining such luminaries as Madagascar Two and the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. What do we got, Al? Uh, set 300 years after the book series. And now I'm <laughs> done with Wikipedia. Um, Rise of the Guardians. So, yeah, uh, basically this movie is... Uh, it's, it's not a Christmas movie, really. It's an every-season movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Santa, Santa features in it. Yeah, we were talking about like We were talking about this before we recorded. It's like, you were saying, oh, this is not really a Christmas movie. But, but I, and I was like, no, but this episode's about Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be about Christmas. So Santa, um, basically Alec, Alec Baldwin voices Santa in this movie, but uh, the reason I chose it at all was that uh, the depiction of Santa in this movie is pretty cool. So Santa with like a bit more of a Eastern European Turkish kind of thing going with him. He's got tattoos and stuff. Uh, he definitely vapes. What? Uh, you think? I'd say he would vape. And um, do you think he spent any given time working in a bar? Uh, selling coffee. 
Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Mm. But um, yeah, so this is Rise of the Guardians. It's uh, about the, the guardians of childhood, people who uh, embody certain things that need to be preserved in the, the childhood experience or the, the experience of life. And uh, like you've got the Easter Bunny who is all about renewal and new life and everything. And you've mm. got um, uh, the, the Tooth Fairy who is hilariously all about teeth. And I'm just excited. And I, this is a quote from the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at all the blood in the gum. Oh, Jesus uh, When she has some uh, teeth, shows it to a child and it goes, oh, look, look, it's still oh, got blood and gum attached. Oh, so little things like that are quite funny. But um, Santi in it is a uh, big, big hard lad. But, uh, <laughs> he's actually really nice and gentle. But uh, basically, of course he is. So yeah, they, they kind of get right to it. Uh, Jack Frost is the main character in the movie, but he's a guy who died in a lake and was brought back by the man on the moon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The man in the moon, who you never really meet, uh, is a pr- kind of like in Destiny. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, like the, the traveler, like thing. the traveler in Destiny. It yeah. just kind of floats around the earth and talks to you, only if if you're worth talking to. <laughs> wow, uh, Santa's worth talking to the, hum- uh, the hummingbird lady, who is the tooth fairy, who died and um, made him the judge of who's worth talking to. What the yeah. fuck? So, um, Guardians is something you become a part of in a club if the moon decides. Jesus. And the moon will tell the rest of the guardians to basically recruit you. Alright. So, um, but okay, so if these, these guardians, you know, these high and mighty, like basically imagination police. Oh, uh, one of them is also the Sandman who creates dreams. Okay. And All the right. uh, antagonist is um well, I forget what the boogeyman, yeah. It's oh, boogeyman. Yeah, yeah, he's basically the boogeyman, isn't he? Is that a spot? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Um, <laughs> so he's uh, Jude Law. Sounds a lot like Jude Law too. Well, so he's Jude Law. We like we like Jude Law at the moment. I like Jude Law. Yeah, yeah. Three piece suit. That'll never go out of fashion anywhere. Yeah. So this not film it. you're telling me is basically boilerplate hero's journey nonsense. Um, it's it's inspired, but um, yeah. it's I mean, the hero's journey is so literally treaded out throughout this. But uh, I won't go. I won't go with that for now. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a different topic altogether. Oh, Let's man. talk about Santa Claus. So Santa is a boisterous Alec Baldwin, and um, <laughs> he's got naughty tattooed on one arm, and nice tattooed on the other. Jeez. <laughs> uh, his sled is thankfully fully reindeer powered, but the subtitle of this movie should be uh, "Look at our particle effects software." <laughs> this movie is kind of just a showcase of how you can make smoke look good. All right. So that's why I think Santa would look great if he vaped in this. Oh, okay. So but all together, like model. A, but yeah, Santa just basically he condenses the essence of what it is to be Santa. Your core is what he calls it. Jack Frost Ooh. needs to find his. All right. So what's Santa's core? Santa's core is wonder, uh-huh. uh, layered by five other things. Uh, one of which is <laughs> one of which is fearlessness. Another one. This is represented by one of those Russian dolls. I should know the name for them. Of Matryoshka. Matryoshka. We'll go with that. Yeah. Mashioska, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we've got fearlessness. You've got, oh, I can't remember generosity and stuff, okay. other things. But at the core of it, the most important is wonder, oh, and that's right. represented by the 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 baby in the middle of the of the Russian doll, and uh, he's got big chibi anime eyes oh, in that in that version. So uh, yeah, that's his core. Jack Frost finds out what his core is, uh, ends up being like mischievous fun, I guess. Um, mm, makes sense. Can't remember the tooth fairies, but she really is into teeth, like genuinely. <laughs> she's um, she's really into teeth, and she she oh she hasn't she hasn't collected any teeth in person in like four hundred years. Exact numbers given, oh four hundred and ten, I think. And um, when she goes out to collect teeth for the first time in a while, she's like attention deficit, mm. pretty aggressively into teeth. Mm. But um, so this Santa, how would you like? 
Compared to like other Santa Claus figures, how do I rank him up? Is he like stridently different? Because we've had different kinds of subversions of Santa by the time we got to Rise of the Guardians, which like came in like 2012 or something like that. Very front and center Russian accent. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I, I guess that's kind of like going back to rare exports. That's sort of like, let's go back to their actual Nordic roots. Um, the Santa's from Turkey. Oh yeah, so oh. they're closer to the truth than any other film oh. I've seen. <laughs> like, like that's 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 a fact. But um, yeah, no. So basically, yeah, they, he's there's very little Nordic shit going on with him. It's it's almost entirely like the Caucasus they're going oh, on with. Okay. So like he's uh, he wears he wears a Russian hat, um, oh, pretty okay. much like something very like one a be- like a bear bear stalker hat kind of crazy thing, big tall one, mm-hmm. and um, he's got like just furs on and stuff. But uh, aside from that, guess who makes the toys? Not the elves. They like to think they're helping because the <laughs> elves are just inept in it. Like, they just, <laughs> like uh, some, sometimes they used to play musical trumpets. There's a dance routine set up with them as well. Of course. But uh, other than that, they're idiots. So it's actually the Yetis who are, I think, voiced by uh, Mike DiMaggio, like Jake the Dog. Like, I think I think they're all voiced by him. And, um, of course. Can't understand what they're saying. No subtitles for them. But the Yetis build the toys. Maybe maybe some people believe somewhere. <laughs> but uh, other yeah, than that, yeah, that, okay. other than that, it's, it's pretty good Santa. Like, uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> he's just fine. Well, I guess as part of an ensemble, he wasn't really gonna. He's there to help. Ah, uh, he it's it's a kick-ass Santa. Like he's he's got a cool sleigh. He's got a portal gun that's really just a, a snow globe. He'll throw in front of him and opens portals to other places. That's how he gets around so fast. He gets up and down chimneys crazy fast as well. And when uh, one of the things that they have to do, and it's that they have to they have to sh- share the Tooth Fairy's job for a while, and also share the Easter Bunny's job for a while. And Santa's really good at everybody else's job. <laughs> really good. What? Hmm. He's that, very capable. Is that a meta commentary on Santa Claus? Yeah. Well, yeah whereas, whereas they're leaving coins, uh, coins for because some of the guardians basically the the holiday animal things mm-hmm. uh, some of them are definitely more popular than others and they acknowledge that like Santa's yeah. definitely definitely bigger of course and yeah. um, so he's well better at everything than them but um, so no, is Santa the ringleader like is he the boss and that's why he kind of no the man in the moon is okay they must never yeah. forget that but uh, <laughs> the main thing with Santa is that like uh, whereas they're leaving coins he escalates up to candy canes and then you see him give them more candy canes and then he you see him completely set up a Christmas tree with fully decked out with presents for one kid. They just get that. <laughs> and uh, everybody else getting coins off the Easter Bunny. Yeah. For their teeth. <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, there's a lot of sharing and stuff. But um, other than that, yeah, you I do mean, get a very, very, like, uh, pretty global... And pretty agreeable version of Santa, though. Like it's good. Yeah, like, yeah they they can de- like the, the values that they they give him and stuff like that. They said they, they match up with the character. Uh, Alec Baldwin does a fine job. Of course, and he does. The tattoos though. <laughs> the tattoo. You're very enamored with the tattoos. No, pull there. your sleeves down, man. <laughs> Naughty and nice. It's too much. Like uh, do the right thing or something. It's kind of yeah. Like Night of the Hunters. Like oh, he just came out of like some sort of hard bitten prison setting. Yeah, whereas like... all of his virtues say no, he didn't. Except fearlessness. <laughs> yeah. Actually, nah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was gonna ask fearlessness. How is Santa fearless? Willing to get done what nobody else wants to. Well, what do you do when the fire is lit on the chimney? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he has a portal gun. He's got a portal gun, oh. but he still has to use chimneys. Oh, um, all right. But no, they make uh, they make uh, they make the job of being Santa seem maybe not doable. <laughs> definitely, they give it they, they give it some uh, they give it some like texture. Right, but one of the enough. Yetis now, just one one star of this story really is that this one Yeti who is always painting something. 
Uh, yeah. So like an object, like a toy, he's painted, putting the paint on uh, to color it. And then they go like, oh, actually, I'd prefer if that was blue, not red. And then he goes, Aah! and there's a whole heap of whatever he's painting next to him. It happens to him twice in the movie, and it's really spaced out the two times it happens. But that guy, like, he he got me both times. It was so good. Like, he's just like, one of them, the first time, it's just like, he's just painting a rocket ship or something. And then the stack is huge. And then the next one is that all the Easter eggs in the world get crushed underfoot in a tunnel. And they have to replace all of them. And one of them has just painted a big, uh, big red egg. Which is the color he swapped in the last bit, and they're just like, "Oh, too Christmassy. Maybe try blue." He's like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I love it. Yeah, so that's it. but Rise of the Guardians. Yeah, so Sarah's a, it's great. How many reindeer would you give it then? All eight run it and good particle effects. You remember that? Ah, uh, their hooves really chip away at that lake that nobody else can physically affect because they're kind of ghosts. <laughs> okay, all yep. right. So they weird. they seemed intimidating and heavy. They were like war horses. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah. Uh, Fuck it, we'll give it Santi alone. Um, seven out of eight. Ooh. So which one are you leaving out? Which which reindeer? Donor kebab. Donor kebab. Donor kebab. All right. And on that note, we'll leave we'll leave the twenty tens then, because <laughs> because uh, like I mentioned, I I think all the three films are very much like here's kind of the Santa take you didn't expect which honestly probably started like around Bad Santa or something like that ah uh, no in fairness my Santa take was what the Santa take you did expect mm. yeah okay maybe it come full circle yeah. by the time we get there because yeah. there's, there's a point where irony just becomes boring yeah you know? and by the time we get to 2018 I guess we're looking for a bit more sincerity yeah. however I don't think we'll ever get as sincere as the film I did which is all going all the way back to 1947 it is the Christmas classic, I guess, Miracle on 34th Street, which uh, stars kind of like fairly big cast. Although well, the funny thing is it, it was it re- actually released in May mm-hmm. of, of 1947 because... It, oh, wasn't there a re-release in like 1990? It was remade. Yeah. It was remade really, in 1994. Really popular though. Yeah, and it was remade in 1973. So I was going to say, yeah, there was like wow. a few, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like, like... Oh, I bet the first guy they cast as Santa was the best one. I've not seen the other ones. 1994 apparently had David Attenborough. Jesus. Okay. Which is like... Are you sure it was David Attenborough or, or not his brother? It was an Richard. Attenborough. Or it was an Attenborough. Yeah, Richard. It was, probably, it was probably Richard. That makes more sense. That's a good what would it be David? Yeah. <laughs> David yeah. David was probably involved, or too involved with the BBC as... Wasn't he the commissioning editor at one stage? No, he's a, a director of programming. Sorry, director of programming in the BBC. Mm. Mm, also, his brother looked more like Santa than him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that makes more sense. Way more like Santa. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're 1947. Basically, so the plot of Miracle 34th Street is there's this there's this old man, Chris Kringle, who's kind of been hired to be the Santa Claus for the Macy's department store, which mm-hmm. is like the the biggest store in New York City. But the thing is, this this old this charming old man whose name he claims is Chris Kringle. You know, he claims you no, know, he is Santa Claus. And people were like, <laughs> of course you're not. Yeah, he's but, not an American. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but he's just so personable. He's just so jolly and he's just so nice. And 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 people just can't can't help but be bowled over by just how nice he is. Like how he gets the job is kinda it's kinda silly because the Macy's Day parade is on and the Santa that he hired is this drunken fool who's just like, Well, how are you gonna get warm without a little bit of alcohol? And so he's all drunk and the the per- the PR director played by Maureen O'Hara, uh, she's basically like 
I don't know what to do. And then this chi- this kind old man who was the one who complained about that Santa is like, and she's like, you're a kind old man. Can you be Santa for a bit? And he's just like, oh, yes, yes. I've always, I've, 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 I've had many complaints about your Santa for years and I might as well do it myself. And he, he basically becomes their in-store Santa. And he's very popular because he's just so nice to all the kids and whatnot. And there's this bit where this kid wants this fire engine but it's not sold at macy's according to his mom so santa's like oh i do know it's being sold at that other department store over there so maybe you just go there which is of course what his boss told him not to do because mm. he wants them to he wants them to buy at macy's but because he's just so nice the 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 mother was like t- tells his tells his boss that oh man you you people really care about you know, the spirit of christmas you know you're not money grubbing you know you know profiteers who just care about money you you, you actually do care so i'm going to be a lifelong customer to, to your department store and it becomes this whole goodwill policy that the boss rh macy is like yes that's how we'll get more money by being the nicest department store out there <laughs> and the other department store is like oh no no you don't if you think you're gonna be nice we're gonna be even nicer mm. and it, it gets to the point where they're shaking hands and being all nice and chris kringle's <laughs> like ah oh, that's good you you it's nice that you two you know capitalists came together for the spirit of christmas and whatnot. <laughs> but that's kind of like one of the vignettes of pop by because this film is very much like it's like it, it's a children's film before our idea of a children's film where right. You look at stuff like in a Christmas Chronicle or the Santa Claus or stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of syrupy music. It's a you know you know once a whole Christmas oh thing. Oh children's filmmaking back then was all about enforcing sets of rules. Like it was like definitely a targeted thing. Like yeah, but the weird thing with this film, Miracle of Third Fourth Street, it still retains a filmmaking te- filmmaking mm. techniques of that not techniques but like uh, genre tropes of that time. So it's still a lot of like static filmmaking so little like scoring and whatnot it's all presented semi-serious but you can tell some some of the weird stuff some of the some really silly stuff pops by because it's still very much a straightforward moral story because Mm. part of the story is that this old man who may or may not be santa claus he's claimed he's santa claus Mm. but there's not really any proof uh he's just you know he's just being kind and nice and the the pr lady who who hires him is very much this like very rationalist i teach my my daughter that you know fairy tales aren't real because i don't want her to be disappointed with the real world so i'm mm. gonna be like so so she's just gonna be smart like me and everyone's like you're 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 kind of you're kind of a cold lady I, I almost said you're a cold bitch but no they don't say that <laughs> but no it's very much just like no you need to loosen up that's sort it's yeah and it, you can tell this was made in the forties. This like career lady who mm. who who's ruining Christmas for her daughter. <laughs> yeah, it's like ruining her imagination. And the, her love interest is this man who basically admits that he befriended her daughter to get to her at the start. And I was like, okay, why not? Okay, whatever. But the main conflict of the film is that honestly, if not for like one character who's just so evil and horrible that <laughs> there wouldn't be any conflict to this film. But basically, the conflict comes around uh, basically these the in-house psychiatrist of Macy's being weirdly jealous of this mm. like Santa Claus of Chris Kringle taking Wait, all this attention. In-house psychologists. Yeah, they have an in, they have an in-house. Well, I, mean, I can understand that 
but I just I'm just surprised forties. Yeah, but he's very much like uh, he twists psychology for his own means. He's like a mean bully who's like, oh no, this man's clearly delusional, and so the whole conflict basically it turns into a trial movie where basically uh, uh, the Pierre lady's uh, love interest, who's also a lawyer who's kind of bowled over by this man's kindness, now has to prove that he is the definitive Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he'll be committed to a home. What? So it, become, it becomes a trial of, of trying to prove this, this man is, is Santa Claus. And it gets really ridiculous. There's a point where R.H. Macy, the, the boss, is on the stand, and he straight up asks, do you believe this man is Santa Claus? And... <laughs> and 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 he kind of looks up to the sky, and you get just this superimposed image of a headline going, "Cruel Macy's head declares Santa Claus not real." <laughs> and he's thinking about the bad PR, oh, and he's thinking about the the times when this man Chris Kringle is just being nice to the kids, and and it's all superimposed over his face, who's just going, oh. <laughs> and just thinking about all the stuff that's happened and then once the the images are fading and he's like I do believe he's Santa Claus yeah. and, and like the defense rests and all that it's so it's so silly there's a really stupid headline I just have to say this as a journalist because mm. they do a montage of you know proper like yeah. newspapers like when once the trial comes to fruition because he's he's just that popular with Santa Claus because he's just <laughs> very nice to all the kids like uh, uh Here's the here's the headline, and yes, all these words start with a K, even though they don't. Chris Kringle, crazy court case coming calamity. Cry, <laughs> kiddies. Then That's all with letter K. Yes. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's tragic, but yeah, it's it's a supremely silly film that somehow buttoned down in serious because it was made in the forties, so they haven't really <laughs> figured out that whole. Make, yeah, exactly. It's and it's and there's so many like random characters that it's just it comes out of nowhere. Like how they how they solve it because because now it com- it comes down to the lawyer has to prove that this man is definitively Santa Claus as he's the one and only. Of course, how do you do that? Well, cut to the post office. Very randomly, these two working class stereotype like hey Louie how are ya mm-hmm. uh, they get a letter from two those, that's to Santa Claus but he has an actual address it's not just North Pole whatnot. it's Chris Kringle New York Courthouse mm-hmm. and and one of them's like hey we got all them letters from, that sent to Santa Claus in the dead letter office why don't we just get rid of them and send them to the court to the court over here mm-hmm. ah that's a good idea we can clear up so much space mm-hmm. and and so so what happens is Literally, twenty-one mailbags of Santa letters arrives at the at the courthouse, oh, and the lawyer is like, and the lawyer before the 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 letters are, the lawyer is like, all right, here's some facts about the post office. You know, it was set up in the Constitutional Congress. It's a certified federal institution. And the judge is like, yeah, yeah. And the prosecutor is like, yes, yes. What's the point of this? Well. Well, I've just proven you know the post office is you know it's a certified institution, and so we got these letters. And and he brings in literally twenty one mail bags with mm. all these court ushers and all the spectators just laughing because there's twenty one fucking mail bags <laughs> of letters addressed to this guy's well not addressed but like they just sent him and he's like see the post office is a credible federal institution <laughs> and they sent all these letters to this man who is Santa Claus therefore he is Santa Claus and mm. the judge who's apparently up for re-election another random subplot. 
is like, yes, yeah, because he doesn't want to be, and his political advisor is over there making, you know, winky faces at him, going, oh, don't you dare prosecute this man. It will look bad for your re-election. Everybody's, it's, like, worried about the PR backlash. Yes, it's so much. Yeah, it is all about PR because, again, this man is just so nice. He's just so lovely. I mean, there's enough hints that he's not Santa Claus. Like, he lives in a nursing home. Mm. And his, uh, his, uh, one of the doctors that comes by is like, oh, Chris, you know, he's harmless. He's just, yes, he, he's, he's deluded. But it's a harmless delusion. He wants to just to be a nice old man. Mm. That's it's not a bad thing to, to want to be. Uh, so, and so it's just, it all just, it's all about how this man is just the loveliest guy. Yeah. It's so... So earnest and syrup. It's so syrupy. It's so mm. like it's so shorn of pretension of yeah. cynicism. It's you can tell. Yeah, this was made even in the post-war when it was all about kind of doom and gloom. How are we going to figure out? But it's definitely much. It feels like a film that was made about by a nation that was coming into the 1950s and all that. Where it's all I, I had to go back and just remind myself because you said he got loads of letters. Uh, the world population back then. It's only like a billion and a half. Maybe. Yeah. Like, exactly. he, I was just thinking, I'd say if he gave it enough time, he could probably read all those fucking letters he got. Yeah. Back then. Like, like he, yeah, probably. he probably could have finished every single one. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there are some like really cute moments that are almost like, hmm, is he Santa Claus? Like there's a bit where, where the PR lady's cynical daughter who, you know, you know, she doesn't believe in, in fairy tales. She doesn't even know how to pretend to be an animal from the zoo because <laughs> she doesn't know any animals from the zoo. And, and he has to teach her how to be a monkey. There's a bit where she's she's just like, oh, I don't know you're not Santa. I'm just going to watch here, watch you all talk to these kids. And the next kid in line is this Dutch girl who doesn't speak English at all. And her, her like, she was just recently adopted by this lady. And she's just like, and and the lady's trying to explain that, oh, don't, she doesn't speak any English. She just wants to see Santa Claus. And this guy, Chris Kingle, just starts talking to her in Dutch. Nice. Yeah, and just like... Yeah, and, and the kid just lights up and it's like, oh my god, Santa Claus is talking to me. And then they sing a song together. Schlinderklue. It is. Yeah, Schlinderklue. <laughs> Schlinderklue. Yeah, it's, it's so adorable. And then... And <laughs> There's a Sabrina the Teenage Witch episode where they're like, Schlinderklue. Yeah. Whatever, whatever language it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, so like it's... Like, compared to like everything else that we watch on the table, it's so weird coming to this film that's... That like wants to believe in the existence of a kind old man who just wants to do good for the kids, mm. and he is just that. There's like there's he's just there's nothing wrong with him in any way. Mm. And the weird thing is that there's really no bad characters except for the the kind of evil psychologist. And even then, he's just a weaselly old man. With, he's a weaselly man with a weak chin and like a, and a Hitler mustache. It was actually kind of weird. Seeing that, oh, is, yeah, and and everyone else is so nice. Even like you know the capitalist department heads are like who are like, no, we're gonna be nice so we can make more money. And, but they're still like, they're still treated as like, yeah, no, they're just do, they're just they just mean well. Everyone just means well. But they got the spirit of fair competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, and that's all that fucking matters. We can't escape capitalism. Oh, but yeah, like it's. They can see like Miracle on 34th Street is kind of like considered a Christmas classic, but in the same vein as It's a Wonderful Life. But uh, It's a Wonderful Life, I think, probably stands a bit more. You can tell by the fact that it's never been remade. Well, Miracle on 34th Street got like, what, two, two mm. or three remakes or yeah. so? Because, because It's a Wonderful Life goes to like dark, like 
really yeah. cynical places. Well, Miracle on 3rd, 4th Street is just purely optimistic. Mm. It's like, was it, what, what, what is it like if this, like, this impossible figure, this like, impossibly wonderful fellow, just drops into people's lives and makes everything better? So it's not even it's uh, yeah there are some presents whatnot like all oh, the kids just want presents but mm. you can tell like it's them just wanting to be happy like mm. uh, the PR lady what she asks of him is that she wants to live in a house mm. they live in a night they live in a fairly nice apartment but she wants to be a kid in the suburb she wants a backyard with a swing and whatnot mm. and she's like I know I know you're not really Santa Claus so it's not fair for me to ask you of this mm. and 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 Chris Kringle's like you know what I'm gonna give it a try. I will give I, I will give it a try. You know, I'll, I'll I'll try to do this for you, and and how far does he get getting this one house? Uh all right. I'll, I'll, spoilers for the ending. Okay, but so once once the once they win the trial, he's like, I you're all invited to uh, the nursery home for a party for Christmas Day, and everyone gets their presents. Like even the nursing home gets the X-ray machine that he wanted them to buy. Because the thing is, he. He he has a very thorough knowledge of like toy catalogs in New York City. That's why he knows like this that the fire engine is being sold for a cheaper price on this other department store. And at first it's like, oh, he knows his toys. But and then it's like, oh, he just probably just knows the catalog very well. But randomly he just knows that this nursing home needs an X-ray machine. I don't know how he knows that. But near the end, he ha- he's kind of has to apologize to Su- to Susan, the little girl. Because she's all that's like, ah, oh, I didn't get my house. <laughs> A weird right. thing to say but it's like I, I and she's just very disappointed because she believed because all her life she was brought up that you know fairy tales aren't real and whatnot but then this kind old man made her believe for a bit mm. that a fairy tale is real but he kind of lets her down at the end and it's like oh man, I die I shouldn't have believed I know you were not really Santa Claus but his but her mom is like hey look just because you know life uh, gives up on you for the first time doesn't mean you should stop believing that's kind of what happened to her because she's divorced so life kind of she kind of gave up on life that's where she's all cold and whatnot. but well, okay not in the, it's not as bad as it would be if you made it in the 90s when you know stereotypes would go all the way up she's just she's just she's not really cold it's just more like she's just rational yeah. everyone else kind of praised her for raising up a very intelligent daughter mm. you know she's just, she's just you know She's just very like forward thinking and whatnot. She just needs to loosen. Not say she needs to loosen up, but that's what people kind of expect her. But at the end of the film, she just she also tells her daughter like, "Yeah, look, just because things don't happen the first time doesn't mean you should stop believing." And so you think, okay, that's that's a nice note to end. But then when they're leaving, uh, her and the lawyer fella, who's now her fella, Mm. uh, Chris, Chris, kind of like, oh, you want you want to avoid the traffic? So here, I wrote some directions. You should go this way. Mm. And so this takes them pass the suburbs mm-hmm. and they pass by a house that yeah. is exactly what she wants and there's a for sale sign right. at the front and she's just like stop that's that's the house and she runs in they all run in Pe- the play- people have moved out and she's like that's this is, the- is there a swing in the backyard there's a swing in the backyard yeah and 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 the two the two adults are like huh that's weird and but I guess maybe we should move here. So that's a weird coincidence. Have and, they saved up for a place? Um, the the guy mentioned to Chris that he wanted to move to a house. Oh, as nice well. one <laughs> as well. So Sold for fifteen dollars, yeah. which in nineteen forty seven, fifteen dollars. <laughs> so the two of them kiss, and he jokes, "Is like, 
well, I'm, I'm probably a really good lawyer because I proved this guy is actually Santa Claus, even though you know, he's just an old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he turns and he sees next to the chimney is this cane that he had. I forgot to mention he 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 uses a cane. Oh, okay. Around, so he he just spots it. Oh, it's just his cane. But he was just at the nursing home. But why is his cane here? Yeah. And then it ends. Mm-hmm. And then it ends there. So you know he he's probably not, but he might be. He knows Dutch. Mm. Apparently, could be, could be is, is knowing is knowing Dutch. Uh, I don't correct. know. <laughs> he could be a really shrewd businessman. He could be. But... He's just like, well, I know how to. Ma- These people are malleable to me. I'll, yeah, but well, the thing is, but the thing is, he doesn't even like. He, yeah, he gets some bonuses. But Maybe he's he... from the competing department store, and he's like, the goodwill shall last forever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but like, but the thing is, they the all, yeah. all of them go into this goodwill policy. I pour over these catalogs for my <laughs> so, own gain. So, how many reindeer? Um, no, no reindeer show up in this film. But I get it. You know what? It gets a Rudolph. It gets a Rudolph. It definitely gets a Rudolph, which like... is actually a Porsche. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's so weird going back to I wouldn't say the dawn of Santa films, but yeah. the dawn of Santa in the popular consciousness because you know he's a, he's a twentieth century creation. Like mm. yeah. it's very much our idea of Santa Claus. You know the the man who spreads joy mm. throughout the world. He's he's you know he's a, he's a modern creation, yeah. and as much as he's been commercialized and he was basically invented as ad copy for. You know, a drinks company, <laughs> that sort of thing, and like there's there is just something nice about the idea of a man who wants to, just wants to spread the joy around the world. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess even if you don't believe in Santa Claus, you don't need to. It's just just nice to have his story. Until then, um, if you don't want to put your faith in Santa, then put your faith in a real person, Jesus Christ. There we go. That's that's the moral of the story. That's what? awful. <laughs> That's your worst ending ever. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. All right, all right. Anyway, Santa Claus. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Virtual Citizen. Happy holidays to everyone else. Happy holidays to you guys. There's a new three on this table. Ho, 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 ho. Thank you, Leandro. For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's this joining <gasps> us? On the- Are you a virtual citizen too? Santa? <laughs> This is the actual worst. No, this is the actual worst ending. everyone. Thank you for coming into the studio, Santa. I can barely fit. What? <laughs> what, uh, what message do you have for all the boys and girls listening to the podcast? Demolish every chimney. <laughs> Let me die in peace. <laughs> And uh, are you going to bring Rudolph with you on your journeys this year, Santa? I can't even remember his face. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I suppose kind of the the biggest question that we all have this year is uh, there's the NORAD thing that tracks Santa as you go across the world. What do you think of people following you uh, as you do your journey on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning? Nothing could hide the pain. (laughs) Um... Have you considered setting up an Instagram? 
I don't even want to be here anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well thank you, Santa, well, for joining us, guys. Our uh, special guest, Santa, in studio. Uh, we might bring Santa back in the future if we can get a hold of him. Uh, we this wasn't planned to be a special guest episode, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> boys and crispy owl and oh, God. Anyway, and that's, anyway that's... everyone say bye to santa bye santa <laughs> anyway you can uh, find us on uh, www.soundcloud slash virtual citizens dot com soundcloud.com slash virtual citizens that's where that's you can find all our stuff yeah that's where you'll find all the stuff we've done we've been at it this is like the second Chris, the second December we've done this so we've been at it for a while nearly two years nearly two years coming up on two years we'll have a big massive party where we'll invite nobody but we might bring back Santa <laughs> Don't promise that now. Oh, uh, we'll see if, if if the patrons want it. We'll bring it back. Uh, you, we also have our website, www.virtualcitizens.com. Virtual-citizens.com. That has all of our stuff, all the latest stuff, uh, all of our articles from Mark and Barry, who are kindly curating that whole space at the moment. Uh, we've got the social medias. We've got facebook.com uh, slash virtual citizens podcast. Mm-hmm. And we also have at Citizens Virtual on Twitter. What yeah. else do we got? Um, we have our video game side project. So if you find us on SoundCloud, you've got Hallelujah, the video game side project for virtual citizens. So basically, sometimes I want to talk about video games and it might get in other people's toes. So we give it a, a good solid hour every now and again. Uh, if you go back and have a look, we've got video games for when you don't have as much time to play them as you used to. Uh, we've got topics such as mental health in video games and how that's basically portrayed really fucking well. And we've got a mini-series about fighting games where it uh, culminates all having a visit from our, our good friend Nicholas, who's extremely good at Mortal Kombat. We talk about fighting games. So that's all on our SoundCloud. And we'll have a very special episode of Alleluia coming up uh, featuring possibly Al's Game of the Year. We'll try. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, uh, finally, last but not least, let's, uh, we have a Patreon blog, patreon.com slash virtual citizens, where there's tears to suit every budget, like, you know, even a dollar a month, a pint a month. It, it's that. That's Where are you getting a point for a dollar? We need to. No, we no, need to I, go I, sorry, to this. I, sorry, I moved. I, oh, all right, right, sorry. There's a comma. I missed sorry, it. Yeah, there was a comma there. Oh. All right, okay. So please uh, check that out. You know, you get cool stuff in exchange for money, and it helps us. Yeah. And anyway, shout out to our patrons: Emmett Jones, Sean Jones, Kimmy Chun, Billy Keenan, Keelan Hegarty, Ella Pondock, Alistair Dennehy. Uh, Mark Loafers, Larity, Leandro Pondock, and Neil Farron. So shout out to our patrons: uh, patreoncom slash virtual citizens that's it it for uh, this uh, episode of virtual citizens we have one more episode before the end of the year Mm -hmm. Um, so look out for that we're gonna go back and do when we'll do our best of watch watch uh, of 2018 so look out for that other than other than that you know holidays are coming so are you gonna play the Coca-Cola ad now holidays are coming holidays are coming holidays are coming Holidays are precious, don't my free. Is the season of the holiday?
say at the end of the... I have no idea. Uh, and I've listened to it for 20, 30 years and I still haven't a clue what it says. You're 30 years old? Absolutely. I said 23. Oh, and so I, I heard 20 to 30. 20, no. I, thought, I thought 20 or 30. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Holidays are coming. We're not going to end there. We ended the holidays are coming yes, we, singing. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. 